looking like it's morphin' time, and he's the White Power Ranger. Only he doesn't say White Power Ranger. You know he says White Power Ranger. Come on, people now. Smile on your brother. Everybody get together. Try to love one Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's happening? Oh, man, I have watched um, some terrible, terrible movies the last few days. Uh, I watched that fucking three-hour-long uh, Anande Armos, Amos, whatever her name is, Amos, um, blonde movie on Netflix where she plays Marilyn Monroe. And I noticed it was NC-17, so I was like, oh, all right, I haven't, haven't seen an NC-17 movie in a while, and I don't think I've ever seen one on Netflix before. It's <laughs> in Showgirls, probably. Well, I mean, that came out, like, forever ago. And, like, right, everything right, in that right. movie is pretty, that'd be like a PG-13 movie today. That would, that would be know? like a soft R at this point. I, I yeah. really couldn't imagine that becoming <laughs> being an NC-17 movie in today. Yeah, time. so I expected it would be, you know, like, kind of over the top, and it, it's... Like, I figured, like, this is just going to be trauma porn. They're just going to focus on, like, the worst things about her life and, you know, what drove her to Mm -hmm. overdose or whatever. And they show just horrible, awful, brutal things. And I looked at about afterwards and, like, almost none of it actually happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just made up a bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just her, like, crying her eyes out the entire movie. Uh, tits out the entire movie. Like, it's, I mean, I guess that she really wanted that was like what she really wanted out of this project was that like, you know, get to, well, get to cry so, and be naked, I guess. Well, and apparently Joyce Carol Oates, who wrote the movie, and I, I'm not sure if it's based on a book she wrote, but a lot of people are basically like, you know, she's not nearly hot enough to be writing the story of Mar- but and not like for any reason other than the fact that she probably doesn't really sympathize with her and maybe resents her a little bit because she's got her own weird fucking hangups. I'm sure you're familiar with her weird Twitter like musings that she always happens to. I, I, I'm not familiar with her, with her at all. Okay. Um, but she's I mean, this is very bizarre on Twitter. The story, yeah. The story it's, it's like, you don't really know if the filmmakers and the people who wrote this and made this are really sympathetic with her. That's what well, that's, that was people's worry because she's a fucking weirdo and, and people yeah. are just like, she probably resents Marilyn Monroe in real life and, and doesn't see the actual tragedy of her life. And you know what people well, did, you know, in the similar way to the Elvis movie and how that actually really, yeah, accurately portrayed the only uh, thing that they really show that was accurate was that you know she was not taken you know seriously as an actor and wanted to be a serious actor and they just like wanted to be the bimbo but like the movie portrays her as just being a bimbo too right exactly right and it shows her go to like a real acting school and it shows her like totally like you know let out some like real fucking emotions um, but they present it as just like she's just acting out as a crazy person, not as though well, she has any talent as an actor is the right. way. To, and I know that, you know, Anade almost 
is a I, like I've seen her and stuff, and I've loved her. You know, she's great in Blade Runner. Uh, she clearly has talent of her own, but it's just the film like seems to be going to lengths to make up things that didn't happen, and also portray her as not a sympathetic character that you're supposed to really care about. Right. Supposed to, it feels like he's supposed to pity this person because of you know the situation they put themselves in and now can't get out of so to speak i don't know it's it's a three-hour fucking movie so it's just like okay how much of this can i take you know right and that was that was kind of i think my concern with it is that it would just be an overly puritanical sort of like flogging of her character where it was like and not that i have any particular investment in you know marilyn monroe one way or another but like it's just yeah it's just obnoxious when that happens in hollywood when they're like well we got this big project and we're gonna hire somebody you know to to write it who doesn't really give a fuck about like the person they're I mean, kudos yeah, trying for to, trying to find the humanity in them versus just yeah. like trying to exploit them. Which is I, what I will in say, life, you, know? you know, kudos to making it's not so fucking sanitized. I get sure. so tired of watching things that are like there's where there's nothing. Yeah, it's just let's let's water this down and make it fucking family friendly for everyone on Netflix. And it's like, well, OK, NC-17. All right. I'm going to see some problematic shit here, I'm sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, there's I, a fucking scene where she's jerking off JFK with the door open, and there's like a his whole staff's just standing right outside the door. Nice. It's, there's no fucking way that happened. No, no, we definitely know about that. I think. Uh, no, but I no, mean, that's... surely they had a real fair, but like this, that it's just it's like gratuitous to the point of absurdity. No, she, she, no, she did that in the fucking secret passageway behind the Oval Office. We all know that it wasn't yeah. fun of AIDS. Um, well, no, watch another uh, movie that was fucking terrible, and I watched. It, knowing it was going to be terrible but terrible for all different reasons so last night i was just like fuck it i'm gonna watch moonfall <laughs> oh man <laughs> and i think i'd already watched like the honest trailer for it or the pitch meeting for it or whatever the fucking you know just mocking it for as terrible as it was and it it is it's like it is you know, at least with the Independence Day, you're like, okay, whatever. You know, even like 2012, I'm like, all right, I'll watch John Cusack drive a limo as the first caves in. You me know, and my friend had a great time watching that movie and laughing about it the entire time in the theater because it's just such a fucking preposterous movie. But it was enjoyable. 2012, I'm talking about it, but it yeah. was enjoyable. Well, and you get to see like the world being blown apart in right. lots just... of neat, cool ways. And in this movie, there's very little of that. You only get like a couple of like, oh, the city's flooding shots in the movie. You don't, you know, even like when the the moon's like scraping up against the earth because it, you know, it's falling. It's just like very unimpressive. You know, it doesn't it doesn't really look that neat. Right. And, but what they spent a lot of time on is like this giant fucking CGI cloud monster. Like we were just like watching that for half the movie. And it, it, the, the other weird part was that I kept wondering who the, this per, who this person in the movie who looks like a low rent how Haley Berry is. And it Mm. turns out that's really her. (laughs) Like she looks different (laughs) in some way. And it's not like she just looks older. It like, she just doesn't look the same anymore for some reason, or at least they made it. They shot her or didn't make up on her in this movie that made it not look like her. And and I, I thought that was really weird. And, um, you know, seeing uh, uh, Sam Tarwell from Game of Thrones finally get his <laughs> get to be in the spotlight, but basically playing the same exact character, you know, um, was also kind of like, come on, you got to give these some of these actors better roles than this yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of those a lot of those guys aren't getting work up until uh, until snow starts filming again. <laughs> those, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, well, oh, we we did get to fucking. Um, 
Night Owl from uh, Watchmen. He, he's also sort of the main character too, I guess, because you need like a- he does a lot of shit. Like he's a really good actor, but he does a lot of like shit schlocky. I don't there's, know. He he's he's there's very much these actors could have done with his script. It's it's like the no the, right the line of dialogue is fucking terrible. <laughs> But not bad enough to be like laughably bad, but just enough where you're just kind of like, ugh. It's a Roland Emmerich Dean Dean Devlin special. It's just going to be a a complete fucking pile of horse shit in terms of plotting, but it probably will look, or at least in theory, should look like really like cool and interesting. But yeah, I guess if that's if it doesn't have even that going for it, then it's like literally why does this movie exist? Because Uh, yeah, yeah, all those guys have going for them. At least with the other films, there was like. Things could plausibly have happened, you know. I mean, right. clearly not like an alien invasion. But like, oh, what if the moon was hollow and there's an aliens living in it, and there's robots and they're fighting each other, <laughs> and one side's winning, and somehow like the moon can't control where it goes anymore, so the Earth's gravity just starts pulling. Like, that's not how fucking anything in physics works. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. So it was just I don't know, it was fucking terrible. But fortunately, we got House of the Dragon uh, to remind us what. You know, adults making cinema actually looks great. Like. Fucking television. That's yeah, basically just you know we get it. We get an, we get treated to an awesome fucking hour long movie every week about these these fascinating characters. And this week was no different. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it in depth next week, obviously. Right. But uh, th- this was the first episode, this last one that I I rewatched it like as soon as well not. It was like an hour hour or two later. I, I rewatched it again because I was like, this is this is the one where like shit really kicks off you know right this is, this is like you know like goddamn kids starting a fucking war <laughs> <laughs> well and and it's so funny the show's great about like giving you somebody to like for five minutes and then be like just kidding they're awful like we're like aiming at first it was like oh you know you kind of feel bad for him he's the only one of the kids without a dragon and then he has this nice scene where he finds this dragon at nighttime and he and he tames it you know cautiously tames it and then he rides it you're like, oh, this kid's cool. And then he gets back and he's just like the biggest little fucking tyrant. You know, oh, it's a complete transference of aggression. He goes from being <laughs> right. bullied to being a bully. Um, right. Although, you know, get, I will say, you know, when he, he did fairly well hold his own against four other kids. <laughs> oh, well, and, and you look and yeah. he is the biggest one. But, you know, he, he held his own, until, you know, and he, he until he until he didn't. <laughs> I, I did like when they dogpiled on him. I was like, yeah, get that fucking little <laughs> privilege. Jaharis, uh, uh, the, the the oldest of uh, Renera's kids, the the the, the not really uh, Lenor's kids. Um, he has the same kind of fuck around and find out energy as that like little kid who killed the guy in the great hall a couple episodes ago. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That was, that was great. That was great. But, um, uh, it, it, I mean, it's just, it's a shame that we, you know, like, again, we're, we're kind of used to watching these kids grow up over years of the show and we're kind of just going to like skip over all of that. So we'll never really know if they were actually good actors or so not. So alleged, I mean, allegedly it's not going to jump forward after next episode. So next episode is episode eight i believe so i there's i think it's either next week or the week after there's a time jump to age up the kid actors to like young adult age and then that's going to be who's on the show for the rest of the three four seasons so i do hope it settles in a little bit but i mean we've you know it's been a lot to process i'll say that it's all you know it's all pro this season's all been prologue it's been really well done prologue but it's all prologue for the civil war that is going to make up the bulk of the series and you know it's fucking great it gets better to me, it gets better every week, so we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in depth next week because we'll have two episodes to talk about. But yeah, 
great shit. Uh, you know, for once a wedding didn't end in bloodshed because nobody fucking was there. And or well, it did end in bloodshed. It was just voluntary. They were just slicing their own. We're right. That's so true. They're, they're like, come on. Somebody's got to bleed at this fucking wedding. I mean, what are we doing here? Come on. Seriously. Um, Although it was it was hilarious to see people once again bitching that the fucking scenes at night well, were too see dark. <laughs> like, okay, it's they're literally. Walking down the beach in the moonlight is is still really fucking dark. Hey, like turn your fucking lights off in your living room if you can't see it for 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 the twenty minutes that it's or, in darkness. Calibrate your monitor. I I saw one YouTuber saying, "Oh, I turned my contrast all the way up and couldn't see anything." It's like, do you know what the word contrast means? <laughs> if you take something dark and increase the contrast, it gets darker. Have you if ever you seen have a something scanner bright, darkly? You're just creating that in your fucking living room. If, if you if you have something bright and you increase the contrast, it gets brighter. You're pushing everything out towards the end of the spectrum. So you literally, if you turned up your contrast and thought you were going to see more of the image, right? You don't know how fucking th- anything works. So anyway, just, just gotta have shot... a reason to bitch. Yeah, I, I I do hope people adopt the 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 sort of Jordan Peele shooting style that they they use for. But the only problem is like they had such a high uh, high budget camera to shoot nope that i don't think even like a game of thrones would spend so much of their budget on equipment like that just to shoot some night scenes but maybe i'm wrong i mean who knows but i that, don't even think they shoot on film but you know that, that's true that's yeah they're probably thing. it's probably all digital yeah that's probably but, the issue you know that, right but so i mean honestly it it was not that bad but they it's also just, and they it's, it's all about using the right fucking lens okay right. right right there i mean you go back and watch the warriors a movie that was shot almost with all practical lighting that takes place almost completely at night and it looks phenomenal you can see everything and that was shot in like 1979 right so it, you know you just got to open up the folk open up the lens <laughs> you use a you know 1.8 focal length and you're going to get all the fucking light you need right right no for sure for sure um yeah so and we'll talk about that next week when we talk about the two episodes but another great episode just you know uh very interesting uh to see what's how this season's gonna wrap up but um let's get into some less exciting stuff uh like the the ramblings of our fucking incoherent uh president because we have a couple of things uh in in regards to him today uh one you know what one we'll get to just kind of off the top here uh domestically and then we're going to talk about some foreign policy yeah, um, so but, I saw yeah. this headline yesterday. <sighs> okay, Biden to set new U.S. guidelines on reproductive rights 100 days after Roe v. Wade. I assume they mean 100 days after Roe v. Wade was abolished. Right. But I don't think I've ever heard that phrase before. Guidelines on reproductive rights. What's a guideline on a right? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I have no idea. You know, I, I hear so many of these buzz, buzzwords all the time. It doesn't even, I don't even bump up against them. But yeah, it makes no fucking sense when you think about it. It makes no it. fucking sense. It, is, <laughs> right. is, is it a right or isn't it? Because a guideline is a suggestion or, you know, a, a framework. You can take it or leave it. A right is not that. A right is something that is fundamental and unchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. So what what the fuck does it mean? So guidelines on how hard you should push for the rights that you were already afforded and that were taken away from you, basically, is what it's saying. Yeah. So just a couple paragraphs here. U.S. President Joe Biden will announce new guidelines and grants. Grants. We're getting that Pell Grant for abortion <laughs> and grants to protect reproductive rights on Tuesday and describe how abortion rights have been curtailed since the Supreme Court overturned the constitutional right to terminating pregnancies. He will be speaking at a meeting of. The Reproductive Rights Task Force. Oh, you know that that's going to 
come up with some great fucking findings, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Also to be attended by Vice President Kamala Harris. Uh, that is being held 100 days after the landmark Roe v. Wade judgment. Democrats are increasingly hopeful that the Supreme Court decision will boost voter support in November's midterm elections. Where have we heard this one before? It sounds really familiar. I, I don't know. I just got here. I don't know anything politically. It sounds like sounds like you're taking shit seriously, right? They, no, they, I, they, they, the task force came out with a guideline. Surely this won't backfire and completely, you know, destroy people's lives because they let a fucking another right uh, slip through their fingers to try to garner votes that it is not going to come to them because people don't take kindly to being held hostage. I, you know, vote harder. What can what else can you do? What else right. can you do? Get it? You'll get a task force that's you know. A little bit more blue next time. Um, yeah, so I don't really have anything else to say about that. It's just, just again, it's just like doing nothing. Doing fucking nothing. I, I just, I, I can't even bring myself to get mad about that. Like, I do get mad, but at the same time, it's just like, I know that these people are the most craven, soulless fucking swamp creatures alive. And they just, it, it, it could, I cannot stress enough how... They could not give less of a fuck about any of these things, and you're a fucking moron if you think that they do, and you think that they actually mean anything that they say, and that they that they care about any of our rights, like literally any of them. I mean, forget about fight, you know, abortions. You know, is just the first. You know, it, it's just. Yeah, no, I don't know. I got nothing. I have nothing to add. It, it, it's fucking ridiculous. But this is this is what we knew was going to happen. We probably, I'm sure, if you go back to our episode, uh, the day of the the sort of leak about the row um uh decision you know getting overturned or that that it was going to be overvoted you know voted down uh i'm sure we said this at the time that they're gonna huff and puff and they're gonna pretend that they're gonna try to pass it through congress and that they're not going to then they're gonna say well you know you just have to give us more more senators in november and then we can then we can codify abortion rights and you know what's gonna happen is all the fucking rubes and marks are gonna go out and vote for the Shitty Democrats in shitty states only because they're running against people like fucking like idiot fucking Herschel Walker, whose own son can't fucking stand him. That's the only reason they're going to win. And then what's going to happen is they're going to still not be able to find the votes. It's, it's going to be some some impediment. Oh, well, it's the filibuster. Or it's the parliamentarian or the fucking sun was in my eyes or the, I tripped down the, people the stairs in the Green Party running for U.S. Senate. Cause, right. Because that's a thing. Right. Right. It's uh, just, it, and it's just and it's not going to get codified. And. Abortion rights forever will be uh, up to the whims of whatever psychotic fucking governor happens to run the state that you live in and and were you know and or were born in you know through no fault of your own. So you know, sorry. I, I mean, that's that's pretty much where I think we're at. I was I looked at uh, Matt Walsh's um, Twitter account today, and in his bio, he now calls himself a theoretical fascist. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I mean, it seems like he's proved that. Theory. I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure you've proven it, man. You don't have to keep trying. I, I we believe you. We've, we, we, I trust your, yeah. I trust your, your body of research that you've, that you've successfully proved this theory, uh, time and time again. But yeah, I, I have been, wa- haven't, I haven't been watching the Handmaid's Tale, uh, most recent season because I feel like at this point they're just creating more material for Matt Walsh. Honestly, <laughs> um, he, he's, he has a new video out where he's going on this tirade that. Uh, we need to to allow um, uh, well, he's, the age of consent needs to go down to 16 and 16 year old girls need to be allowed to marry men of any age because that's when they're the most fertile. Hmm. 
because apparently Matt Walsh is 170 years old and grew up when, you know, half the kids on the farm died of tuberculosis. Uh, apparently well, they, there's, a, they, there's a white baby shortage. We need to start breeding. Well, if um, they don't pop out enough kids by the time they're, you know, 19, then who's going to churn the butter? I mean, that's, that's, I think what Matt Walsh is really concerned about. Is that they're, 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 you're losing prime butter churning age. Once the arms start to shrivel seriously, and in, in, in the mid twenties, it's like not that the butter is just not as consistent. Um, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. These people would drag us back to the fucking stone ages, uh, if they could, and very much probably will, uh, not that, I have no real reassuring things to say about that. Cause I'm sure that that's pretty much where we're fucking heading. Um, but you know, uh, in other great news, uh, this week, uh, we may have just, you know, given, uh, slight provocation to start world war three. Uh, what else is new is today, the week ending and why, um, because the, the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, um, it's my favorite Nord Stream pipeline. <laughs> right. Number, no. number, number two is really my, I'm partial my to three. The two is a little, two is a little, you know, a little bit of a rehash for me, but no, three was re- really, you know, sometimes the sequel is just better than the original. What can I say? <laughs> Look, um, Terminator 2, vastly superior. I mean, you don't, you don't yeah. never get an argument from me on that one. Well, like um, the Terminator, this uh, pipeline is going to kill us all. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. So um, this pipeline, which which is a Russian pipeline that supplies uh, natural gas to Europe, uh, I think Germany specifically, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but, you know, by proxy, Europe. Uh, so all Europe. Yeah, apparently the pipeline is owned by Germany. It transports Russian oil. Right. And it mostly goes to Germany and Sweden and Finland. Right. So that's that's how all it works. But the pipeline itself is apparently owned by Germany. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, so, but yes, yeah, so, but it's Russian, uh, Russian gas, and you know German Correct. pipeline. Correct. It's and and because there's all these different you know people involved, it's like th- so. This story sort of has a silver lining to it. I mean, it's terrible that we just released uh, one five thousandth of the entire you know annual carbon output in one day. Yeah. Uh, but they said it was 20, basically the equivalent of 20 million cars, I think a year, a yearly output of 20, something like that. I forget the exact number I saw, right. but it was some absurd fucking, and this, and this was methane, gas, methane which hangs, which traps 80 times as much carbon as CO2. So right. yeah, we're fucked. Yeah. Um, but this is, I mean, so the, the details of this are really interesting. Um, and I didn't really know a whole lot about this. I hadn't filed a whole lot till yesterday. I started, you know, diving into this, but so <clears throat> Let's see here. Uh, so Gazprom, Gazprom, I make your own puns there, uh, is a Russian majority state-owned multinational energy corporation headquartered in the uh, Latka Center of St. Petersburg. Okay, that was just my own notes. That wasn't part of what I meant to read. Sorry. <laughs> oh. um, all right. So this is from the Moscow Times, which is an independent newspaper. They are they cover it's basically an english language paper covers mostly russian stuff um they're not necessarily pro or anti ukraine war they're kind of neutral on that um most of the stuff they write about putin though is not that favorable so just to kind of put them in context of like they're not state-owned media they're not completely pro-western by any means right so unlike an oil spill this i don't know the guy who wrote this his name he's he's based out of the netherlands i believe Unlike an oil spill, gas leakage is relatively harmless for the surrounding area. At the same time, some climate experts are warning that the amount of methane, a powerful greenhouse gas, being released from the damaged pipeline could have a significant impact on climate change. According to initial estimates, a total of 500 million cubic meters 
of gas was lost, which is an equivalent of 8 million tons of carbon dioxide or one five thousandth the annual global CO2 emissions. Um, in a normal political and business environment, all these damaged sections could probably be repaired within a year by a single repair fleet. It is quite possible that the biggest problem would be not the subsea work itself, but pumping out the water from the three 1,200-kilometer stretches of the pipelines. Rock debris would also have to be cleared out, uh, lest it damage the inside of the pipelines once the flow is restored. Another concern would be the state of the inside polymer coating, which is not designed to withstand prolonged contact with seawater. The total bill might be run into hundreds of millions of dollars, maybe even billions, but it is a small fraction of Gazprom's annual budget. Um, our Gaz, fucking Gazprom. <laughs> um, the explosions are clearly rattling Western governments that are already on edge following Putin's nuclear saber, uh, saber rattling on September 21st um, and his 21st address to the nation. The current state of energy flows in Europe, however, was um, or, or were not directly impacted, nor is there any immediate economic effect. That is because Nord Stream stopped operating at the beginning of September following gradual supply reductions during the summer, whereas Nord Stream 2, despite containing gas, was never launched. So like, it wasn't even in operation. They just had it full of gas <laughs> for, no re- for no reason. <laughs> right, right. No, I remember so, hearing that. Yeah, so Europe was not counting on resumption of supplies by this route anytime soon, and the pipelines um, were in any event doomed to lose their value in coming years as Europe moves to procure its gas from anywhere other than Russia. In strictly economic and commercial terms, this case might be the equivalent of... uh, I'm going to skip that part. Uh, So basically, it's like this thing was shut down anyway. Right. It was right. it was going to get mothballed. And, you know, it's you know, I know that Europe is very dependent on Russian petroleum, but they are, you know, actively trying to get away from petroleum, you know, in general. But well, some con- some European countries, not some all countries. Kind of, I mean, the problem is just, you know, it's 40 percent of their gas comes from Russia. So it's a massive, right. massive, you know, percentage, way more oil than we get well, from there, any I mean, one you know, country. In, industry still just uses a ton of fucking fossil fuels, right? right? And and I can right. I can fucking you know take an electric bus, mm-hmm. I can take a bicycle, you know, we can have uh, trains that run on, on you know green energy, but home heating, there's still not a good way to heat a home without natural gas. There just isn't, right? Right. And if you live somewhere where it, where it gets really fucking cold, you know that like that's a huge expense in the it's, in the it's just it's just inherent that you need some sort of combustion to create the heat that you need to you know it, it's it's a it's a very it, the amount of energy you'd have to use to create that artificially would almost cancel out any green benefit from the way it's currently constituted technology wise. Right. So it's, it is the silver lining is that this thing is, would be so expensive to repair that it might, they might just l- like leave it and say, right. fuck it. It's right. Like, it's they not might, worth they might the cap money it up and it. just be like, yeah, fuck it. Well, I mean, the shitty part is like, there's, there's still a ton of fucking steel just sitting on the seafloor like that. They, it, you know, if you have oh, a, yeah, no, they're going to leave the garbage like a there true sure. eco-socialist, you know, uh, world like you would have to company would have to be required to dig it up from the ocean floor because it doesn't belong in an ocean habitat in the first place uh, and fucking scrap it. You use it for other things rather right. than, you know, just endlessly strip mining for more resources. Right. And so, you know, the, the, the sort of important thing here to remember, and it, so you, the Russia has been trying to get Germany to basically circle back to this pipeline because they want to kind of reopen talks about it. Uh, and, you know, that's been sort of an ongoing 
um, ask, uh, I guess you could say, from Russia. Uh, and the funniest thing this week is that, you know, basically the entirety of Western media has just ultimately concluded that obviously Russia was the one who blew up their own pipeline, you know, which, which, which really didn't benefit them in any way whatsoever. Um, you know, for, for nebulous reasons that nobody will will actually explain or will explain poorly. Um, when anyone with a fucking brain, who's not completely, you know, poisoned by Western media looks at that and says, yeah, that was probably us. Like that was probably the United States. And it's not a hundred percent that it was the United States, but I, I, it was, you, you put a gun to my head. I'm like, oh yeah, that was us hundred fucking percent. Like who, you know, who doesn't need the oil that's going through that pump pipeline that has the means to blow it up? Right, right, right. Exactly. Who has, and who, who and who has the motive? Who serves to benefit? Right. It literally fucking Quiboto who benefits from blowing up this pipeline that supplies a bunch of fucking natural gas from our you know competitor, quote unquote, whatever you want to call them. Uh, to to uh, to other allies of ours, to, to people that we want to send fucking uh, natural gas to, literally, who the fuck would be, you know, who would benefit? And, and who, by is, it? who is it hurting economically? Our our fucking mortal enemy, Russia. <laughs> right. So you know, and, and the petroleum is a third of their GDP, right? So and, it's, and, and so you don't it, have to think too hard about motive and means. And to, to, you know, figure out who of, did this. And a lot of like the, and of course people, a couple of people have suggested this on us cable news and been like, you know, immediately pulled off of air and like made, like had articles written about them. Cause how could you possibly, and, and again, this is why I have no hope for anything fucking ever changing about the way we, we do business as terrorists in this fucking global uh, economic system. Uh, but it, it, it's just the, the main, the main, um, excuse like the best i've seen anyone come up with is oh well you know russia likes holding uh other countries hostage with their resource with with their energy like they they like to use their energy as a weapon but like you said this pipeline has not fucking run it's never run it's never been it's not in use it's just there's a bunch of gas fucking sitting in there so who are they holding hostage this is not fucking gas that's being used right now so it's not even like they're cutting off supply of natural gas to fucking Germany by blowing up this pipeline if, if it you know in this fantasy world where Russia was the one that blew up their own fucking pipeline they're not they're not you know cutting off gas to Germany Germany wasn't fucking willing to buy that gas so like what the f- it, it makes no sense it's like you you need to literally start at the conclusion of of course this wasn't America we never do anything wrong to bring your brain to the point where that could be your answer as to why this Just pipeline was think, blown up. think about how much money 500 million cubic meters of gas is like just if you sold that at market how much money that is right no idea but i'm sure it's a lot of fucking money that russia could definitely use right now yeah so Um, it's what's it's even crazier too because like every every time it's like you know we have some like crazy wild cia conspiracy theory it turns out it's something that's already been you know they they had to admit they already did because right. of a FOIA request right they admitted that they did that and people just ignore it they just it's it's like hey remember when the cia was gonna uh you know set off bombs in miami and blame it on cuba they, we were gonna we were the cia was gonna bomb a u.s city 
and blame it on Cuba. Kill, kill its own kill citizens. Americans. Kill Americans. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, should he and fucking freely Bussano, admit that still, they were right. going to do that? They had to. They had it written down. It got FOIA requested, despite redacting it. There it is. It's in the public record. It's amazing and, and, when <laughs> stuff like that comes out because it gets it gets it gets redacted to death, and you're like. If this is what they didn't redact, what the fuck is in this part that they did redact? How much? How much worse is it even than we even or than they even let on? Because the shit that they redact—I mean, sure they redact names, but there's whole chunks in these things oh, yeah. missing, and we still hear about these horrible atrocities that the CIA commits, you know, on a on a on a daily basis for decades now. So it's, you have to imagine, wonder what the fuck is. I mean, there's an entire subgenre of horror movies that's just just inspired by MK Ultra. Right. By, by the fucking experiments they did underneath an abandoned airfield. Right. The most popular fucking Netflix series of all time is inspired by the fucking, you know. <laughs> it's like, and they were just going to New York City and looking for fucking junkies and saying, hey, we'll give you 500 bucks to come trip on acid for, a, you know, a few weeks and we'll like, <laughs> Try record to the results. Can, right. With your mind. Um, <laughs> yes. So, and, and, you know, again, don't take our word for it. Why don't you hear Joe Biden in his own words from February of this year when asked about the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, uh, about his feelings about about, about uh, Germany buying their, their natural gas from Russia? Let me answer the first question first. If Germany, if, uh, if Russia invades, uh, that means tanks or troops crossing the, uh, the, the border of Ukraine again, then... Uh, there will be uh, we there will be no longer a Nord Stream two. We we will bring an end to it. What do, what how will you how will you do that exactly? Since the project and control of the project is within Germany's control, we will. Uh, I promise you, we'll be able to do it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> he literally smirks at the end of that clip for people who haven't seen the actual clip. It, it, he just, he just like, not even low key. He like, he's like no, straight yeah, up on the surface, so, you know, saying, We're going to blow we it will... up. We're going to fucking blow it up. I mean, can I be any more obvious? We're going to blow it up if Russia invades the Ukraine. And Russia invaded the Ukraine, so they blew it up. I mean, this is fucking the most open and shut fucking case I've ever seen in my entire life. Yet people, the, all the fucking fact-checking websites are like, oh, this clip is taken out of context because it's from February. Yeah, fucking morons, because people can fucking put What, two what context was it taken out of? He's talking <laughs> about the pipeline that got blown up after <laughs> saying that we were going to shut down the pipeline if Russia invades If Russia Ukraine. invades Ukraine, which they did this year, then we will take care of making sure that the pipeline doesn't it isn't a thing anymore, which they just fucking did. And the reporter is literally like, well, you know, that's how like, would you even the, the reporter was that? basically is like, how is that any of your business was almost basically her question. It's like, this is she a said, German. Like, how, how can you legally do something like that? Right, that's well, an extrajudicial act of terror. Right. Right. And he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. I know a guy, uh, you know, I mean, it's basically what he said. And it's like, yeah, no, literally, this is like a German pipeline with Russian gas. What the fuck business is it? Is it of yours? If they're trading, you know, energy with each other, um, and he's like, "Yeah, no, we'll take care of it." So, again, but but again, if you went and said this on fucking CNN, you would be immediately removed from air. People would write a New York Times article about what a fucking insane kook you are. I mean, I literally read a, I was reading a little bit about this today. I think it was a, maybe it was a Reuters article, um, mm-hmm. 
and they called it they said they call it a fucking conspiracy theory that America blew up the pipeline and it's mentioned like 15 paragraphs deep before they even get to that they they, they you know the whole article is about why Russia probably blew up the pipeline with not a single compelling argument of course. as to why and then 15 paragraphs <clears> in <throat> it talks about how some uh, it basically i think the article was like the online uh, left Left, left, uh, left media podcasters are are spreading Russian propaganda about the Nord Stream two pipeline was I think the title of it, and it's just like are you f-? and I was like oh great I'm, gonna, I'm I'm a left media podcaster who's going to be spreading Russian propaganda about the Nord Good. Stream two pipeline later. Let me read about what they're saying. I, I will happily spread <laughs> Russian propaganda if it helps bring and, down the fucking U.S. empire. And again, I just but if you like, I, I can't <clears throat> imagine that people actually believe this shit. But I know millions of people do, so I just feel like again, like I'm taking fucking crazy pills that I that people are just this credulous that they that that they can fall for this obvious fucking uh cia plant story that's no effort put into it whatsoever there's no compelling fucking patsy for this whatsoever no compelling fake reason and again you know just the unspoken thing in all this is we blew up fucking russian infrastructure we blew up a fucking you know energy infrastructure that was funneling russian gas to, to to germany uh and again how many more fucking provocations are we gonna are we going to, you know, give to Russia before Russia fucking, you know, literally the the whole reason that Russia invaded the Ukraine is because Ukraine continued to poke the bear and NATO continued to fucking encroach on them and try to, you know, and violated, you know, s- several unspoken treaties about NATO advancement. Um, and, and look what happened. I mean, how long do we think as the United States that we can get away with this without retaliation? Like, I, I just don't know what the fuck anybody in this country who has power is fucking doing like i don't know what they're doing this is insane to me well you'll you'll know that you know when russia has made a clear that america can't go any further when we pivot uh to talking about iran constantly again (laughs) right it's it's like it's like we're, we're never we're never talking about you know any one enemy for any length of time Without you know, basically getting in trouble, and then we'll we'll shift to something else. Right, is always how it happens. You know, I, you notice we like you haven't heard about Iran in the news, or you know, the State Department has been railing against Iran for like most of this year. You haven't heard anything no, because there's like actually that. something interesting happening there that we don't really have any control over. So they're like, ah, right. yeah, let's 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 leave that one alone. And I don't even know enough about that to really comment on it, but it just it seems a lot more organic than than a lot of the the you know middle eastern uprisings that we've had a hand in and who knows maybe we do have an involvement in it who knows iran has some very regressive cultural laws no exactly and that's that's why i'm saying like i don't know that and people protesting that i don't don't know i know i I support in in you know in principle i certainly support any sort of rebellion against religious repressive fucking theocracies um, right. I just don't, and, and I haven't seen anything where you know people in the streets of Tehran are calling for regime change or anything like that, which would you know obviously be a red flag that it's <laughs> right. Know, that, that's always my concern is to never, never be like siding up to these people, and then all of a sudden I look to my right and there's a bunch of fucking you know white Azov guys standing next to me, like oh, ugh. like <laughs> never mind. Right. Um, but but no, I yeah, I mean on paper it seems like it, it what's going on there is is pretty organic, and I'm sure we'll. Use that to our advantage and exploit it any way we can to try to get a more U.S. friendly regime in there. Right. Well, um, well, you know they're not going anywhere. The Ayatollahs <laughs> play the long game; we play a you know two to four year game. <laughs> right. 
<clears throat> well, <clears throat> pardon, speaking, but, speaking uh, of things that, that America wants you to be terrified of, we should talk a little bit about North Korea before we get out of here because we <clears throat> yeah. had some info about uh, their latest uh, missile the, launch. The balls on North Korea. I tell you, <laughs> talk about provocation. <clears throat> um, yeah, so uh, North Korea just fired a fucking ICBM over the country of Japan. <laughs> Just like, hey, look at look at us! Look what we can do, <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, they're clearly a country that it's like you know they 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 don't quite have nuclear missile capability, but they've you know set off some little fizzle bombs. But just just firing an empty a rocket over someone else's country who they, you're you know hostile with, right? Is is just such a fucking such a baller move? But um, well, and again, you know. For all the shit people said about Donald Trump, and there was a lot of shit to say about him, he really did a lot to normalize relations with North Korea. And then you see what the second uh, a fucking Warhawk maniac like Anthony Blinken gets into the State Department, we, we adopt this aggressive stance with them again. And they're still do and they and they I think they feel a little bit like they need to do these sort of acts of intimidation that don't really intimidate anybody, but but you know certainly raise uh everybody's ire and i and i feel like <laughs> excuse me i feel like this was happening a lot less when we were trying to normalize relations with them and i i don't know why you know biden decided to fucking completely throw that out the window but you know he did of course because he is who he is right because he's a <clears throat> right-wing democrat and right-wing dems always want to try to outright the right <clears throat> so i just wanted to read a little bit from this because the the reporting so the reporting on this is just hilarious because it's like the media loves you know the saber rattling it's their favorite thing like oh is this going to be you know what, what, what's going to happen next and then just basically concludes with like you know the most logical thing that will come out of this but like they say that for the very end because they want <laughs> right. to get they want to get amped up right <clears throat> so North Korea on Tuesday conducted its longest ever weapons test, a nuclear capable ballistic missile that flew over Japan and could reach the U.S. Pacific territory of Guam and beyond, forcing the Japanese government to issue evacuation alerts and halt trains. Sad about the trains. I, I love that, like, you know, the U.S. Pacific territory of Guam. Like, wh why is that still a <laughs> right. colony of the empire? Like, what? that's that's not that's not America. OK, that's their own place. They have their own fucking passports. They're not even citizens. So, and the South Korean and U.S. militaries responded by launching fighter jets, which fired weapons at a target off South Korea's west coast in a show of strength against North Korea. Like, really? Wouldn't you want to do that off North Korea's coast? Like, I don't know how attacking South Korea nearby is going to... Anyway, uh, South Korea and Japan earlier said the missile had an intermediate or longer range. If the launch involved a long-range missile, it could be a test of a weapon capable of targeting the U.S. homeland, some experts say. I love how they say homeland and not mainland there, because they got to, you know, just, again, that fucking George Bush, Department of Homeland Security, ding. <sighs> Later Tuesday, four U.S. F-16 fighter jets and four South Korean F-15S conducted a joint strike drill in which one of the South Korean planes fired two precision-guided joint direct attack munition bombs into an island target like what the fuck did the island do like what, <laughs> like, what, do, you, what do you do you just you, well we gotta go blow up some shit just to you know like what are you five that's the fucking how a five-year-old acts yep 
the exercise was aimed at demonstrating the Allies' ability to accurately strike North Korea targets with overwhelming force. I would argue that striking a South Korean island would show that North Koreans, that uh, the U.S. doesn't know how to find North Korea anymore. Uh <laughs> According to the South Korean and Japanese estimates, the North Korean missile fired from its northern province bordering China traveled 4,500 to 4,600 kilometers, which is 2,800 to 2,860 miles, at a maximum altitude of 970 kilometers or 600 miles. So they fucking, that's pretty high up. That's like, <laughs> there's no more, there's no more atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. What is that? Like, uh, Mount Everest is like, what, seven miles high? And this went up 600 miles? Yeah. Japanese Defense Minister uh, Yasukazu Hamada said it landed in the Pacific Ocean about 3,200 kilometers off the northern Japanese coast. So nowhere close to it. Right, no. Like, and basically, they launched a missile into outer space that, you know, briefly was above Japan. <laughs> sort of above the airspace and, of Japan. Yeah, and landed in the middle of the ocean. Right. Middle of the ocean. Mm-hmm. So no no threat whatsoever. <sighs> And that there was no reports of damage to Japanese airship, uh, aircraft, or ships. Uh, the missile's flight distance shows it has enough range to hit Guam, home of U.S. military base that have sent advanced warplanes to the Korean Peninsula, and shows of force during the past periods of tension with North Korea. So, yeah, I wonder why there's tension with North Korea. We, we, yeah, keep, fuck, we keep fucking with them. Weird. <laughs> weird how they, you know, reacted to what we did. Right. So the final paragraph here I just is hilarious. Some experts say North Korean leader Kim will eventually return to diplomatic talks and use his enlarged arsenal to pressure Washington to accept his country as a nuclear state, a recognition that he thinks is necessary to win the lifting of international sanctions and other concessions. Seems pretty fucking reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> you, you couldn't have led with that? You couldn't I have mean, led with that. considering we let fucking Saudi Arabia be a nuclear state and Israel, people who have, who just behave like fucking psychopaths on a world stage like the, you know again it's just wait what did saudi arabia do <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing you know there there was this one thing but it wasn't wasn't a huge deal uh back in 2001 um but but no so it, it's just you know it's preposterous it's again everybody should have nukes or nobody should have nukes and i would obviously vote for nobody having nukes but i think we've already you know passed the rubicon on that one i don't think that that's something that's ever going to happen um until we use them all <laughs> that, that that then that'll probably happen then we'll run out of nukes but I, I can't ever see a situation where there are enough non-psychotically right-wing people in power in in, in the world's governments at any given time that we're, we're ever going to get rid of our nuclear weapons so um, why doesn't emmerich make that movie you know, like, why does he have to keep, keep coming up with, like, even more absurd ways of destroying the Earth when we have, like, a perfectly good uh, real threat? <laughs> right. No, that's a real. And, and like, honestly, nobody will make that movie because they're not going to get the they're not going to get the fucking uh, the entertainment uh, defense complex. Oh, fuck. What was or, no military entertainment complex is seal of approval. That was I heard that term the other day. And I was like, oh, that's great. Like, so, you know, I the, mean, what, what do you need to show the military for in a movie where everything gets vaporized? Like, you don't I mean, like fucking James Cameron did it. I, I'm not convinced <laughs> that studios will even make movies anymore without getting fucking like you know anything involving the military that doesn't get their explicit or at least tacit endorsement did you watch uh fucking cherry with tom holland no but that was, oh but, that that movie i think i might have mentioned it to you yeah, yeah, or yeah, on yeah, air yeah, you, did. you could tell they did not get the endorsement of the military um because like all of their uniforms and everything don't look real they look like right. you know, wardrobe department had to come up with them 
Um, and literally it's like he joins the military and there's a montage of like basic training and he's, you know, Tom Holland's doing narration over the top of the montage. And within the first, you know, three minutes of the montage, he he just like says to the audience, yeah, don't, don't join the fucking military. <laughs> so it's like, and I mean, it, the, it's like it films like half of him in the military and then he gets out and like half the rest of the film, he's a fucking junkie. Right. Um, so yeah, like definitely like doesn't care about being Spider-Man <laughs> anymore, at least not carrying that image all the time. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could tell the difference, but it's, it's just like, it, you know, we always see movies where it's, you know, like Dr. Strangelove where the nuclear annihilation happens right at the end and then it movie ends and just, right. Or, or we get movies that are like, here's the post apocalypse and here's what everything's like after the nukes went off. But we never get the movie about like, you know, the, the, you know, the days and weeks of that nuclear annihilation. Nobody's right. willing to do that movie. <laughs> right. And just by the way, to, to give you a sense of kind of what I was talking about, that that movie Cherry was made by the the famously well known production company, The Hideaway Entertainment, was the was the primary production company behind that. So again, never I, heard of them. Yeah, exactly. I don't think any fucking major Hollywood studio would would ever do something that they felt. And I'm would. sure they only took a chance on it because it was based on a novel. First, right. No, exactly. You know. Right. And and they probably you know I'm sure things like that could kind of slip through the cracks if it's subtle enough. And but and, original screenplay, like how do you shop that movie around Hollywood? Everyone's gonna go, no, that's we're not making that. Well, it was based on it's based on a best selling book. It's like okay, and, we'll do and, it. And you know, a, a Disney, Marvel, Fox, you know. Global conglomerate that you know, uh, whatever you know, <laughs> Hydra head that that is that that company now would never do anything to jeopardize their relationship with the DOD, you know, for all the Marvel stuff that they do. Well, by and and a I'm movie sure like that, that he had he had to make this between contracts too. Sure, right, because they've been trying to get him to sign on for like another six fucking Spider Man movies, and it's been contracts negotiations have been ongoing. He wants to take time off from it, and I don't blame him. Um, but I'm sure it's like as soon as he finished doing No Way Home, he was like, "Okay, let me go do some fucking adult shit." <laughs> like right. I don't want to, I don't want to sign on to Disney until I've been able to, you know, have a scene where I'm jerking off for thirty minutes. Like this I want to just... make some non-Disney pieces of shit, like that fucking Uncharted Seriously. movie. <laughs> yeah. It's what is it with like every every fucking British actor who plays a franchise gets out of it and they has to go do some art indie shit where they jerk off on camera. Well, right. No, that's that's usually the move. Like Daniel Radcliffe did it. Fucking Pattinson did it. Like they all they, they all, all have do, to jerk off on it. camera for some fucking weird reason. I gotta uh, I gotta shed the fucking. It's the know, most the, subversive the but safe thing you can do as an actor <laughs> to be like I'm edgy now. I'm not. I'm not the teen teen beat you know idol that you think I am. That's that's Seriously. the move. Um, like y'all, y'all wanted to see me do this, right? You, I mean, come on, girls. You, Leo, see, see Leo the trick with Leo is he did it before. Like he did it in fucking uh, Basketball Diaries. He did it way before he became the, or like right as he was becoming the teen heartthrob or whatever. Hell <laughs> like yeah, pre Titanic. Yeah. Um, but no, so yeah, you know, it, it just everything sucks. <laughs> it's everything's fucked up. Uh, you said you had some funny headlines before we got out of here from. Uh, yeah. So just as I was looking for topics for the show because i didn't really like you know i was like just hop on the news and start looking for ridiculous shit i i fell down a little rabbit hole with uh yahoo market watch um and just 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 some of these headlines just you realize the pathology of the people who you know like aggressively watch the stock market or like they they talk about their portfolio like they have an accountant uh, um so this this headline, 
I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I make $350,000 a year, but I have 88,000 uh, $88, in student loans, 170,000 in car loans, $170,000 in car loans. Like what the, what the fuck? And a mortgage I pay $4,500 a month on. Do I need professional help? Uh, the answer to that is yes. Any headline <laughs> that then ends with a question, the answer is yes. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, who makes $350,000 a year and is like living paycheck to paycheck? Like, you're, you're an insane person. No, that's $170,000. Please, my family's surfing. <laughs> what the f- did you buy a fucking Maserati? Like what the fuck? Like how is this relatable to anybody browsing Yahoo Market Watch? Honestly, it, it's just it's you know it's it's a clickbait for people that wish they made that much money. Is all it is. And this next headline, I love I love this one. Um, see if you can pick up uh, the the threat hidden in this headline. Over fifty percent of CEOs say they're considering cutting jobs over the next six months, and remote workers may be the first to go. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we can't get you to come back to work, so we're going to start printing these headlines to fucking scare you. Uh, God, this is this one's gross. I spend six hundred dollars a month taking women out for dinner and drinks, only to be ghosted by the second or third date. Can I just go for coffee and buy my own? <laughs> like, like what? Maybe there's a reason you're. <laughs> Maybe the reason they're all ghosting you by the second or third date, buddy. Right. Uh, so I, I don't even, these aren't even re- written by the same person. So I, this it's insanity. This is next one. Just fucking the, the greed. My brother pays my mother's mortgage and co-owns her home. How can I ensure that my other siblings and I each inherit one third share? <laughs> Maybe you're not her favorite. Yeah, Did right. Think about that. Right. <laughs> like, That's, yeah. That 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 really, you're writing articles worrying that when your when your mother dies, that you know her will might not split things up, you know, equally between the three. Like that's <laughs> like, I, you know, my stepfather died uh, a couple of years ago, and like uh, he didn't leave me directly anything, but he left his kids a ton of money, and I just get that. Like I'm, I wasn't his kid, so he didn't give me anything sure. directly. Like I we didn't get along, but like, I didn't expect him to still give me fucking money. Right. Um, anyway, uh, next headline, Elon Musk and Twitter intend to move forward with their original $44 billion deal as stocks surge. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> the whole fucking thing is just right. It's, it's fake. It's completely fake. It's like, you know, people think that, you know, don't invest in a company because their stock's low. It's like, oh, well, they just put out a press release saying they're going to do a new thing. And, oh, and then suddenly they're worth more money. It's like, what, why? It's just fucking horse betting. Only right. it's not even on like the fastest horse. It's just whoever the, you know, whichever horse gets talked about the most. It, yeah. um, and this is my, my, my favorite one here at the last. Well, it's, I mean, it isn't really a problematic headline, but it just shows you how much marketing goes into tourism uh, of cities. This big city is America's favorite for a six straight year, says Condé Nast Traveler. <laughs> and I was like, is Condé Nast Traveler? Is that a person? Or is that a thing? What is that? Um, so, of course, it turns out it's Chicago because Chicago is the city that like every fucking real estate marketing architect, whatever blog likes to write about is like the you know best place to live. 
And so I looked it up, and Condé Nast is a global media company that produces some of the world's leading print, digital, video, and social brands. These include Vogue, GQ, The New Yorker, Vanity Fair, Wired, and Architectural Digest. Condé Nast Traveler and La Cucina Italians. Uh, I'm sorry. La Cucina Italia. Italia. It, no, I'm sorry. It's Italiana. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, fucking Aldo Rain pronouncing this thing over it's, here. I mean, it, for a travel blog for people that love the Olive Garden, but don't want to actually go to Italy. <laughs> right. Oh, so, and I just, so I kept going further down the rabbit hole, and I was just like, what the fuck are you even like? So they're, they're doing the branding media content for like newspapers and fucking, you know, whatever the... So this is their description of themselves. Our colleagues and collaborators bring big ideas to life through intelligent storytelling with a diverse point of view uh, that underscores all that we do. Each month, our video content generates more than 1 billion views. We reach 83 million consumers in print, 402 million in digital, and 700, I'm sorry, 474 million across social platforms. Headquartered in New York and London, Condé Nast operates in 32 markets, including China, France, Germany, Italy, uh, India, Japan, Mexico, and Latin America. That's uh, not one country. Uh, Spain, Taiwan, and <laughs> I love how they put Taiwan as not being part of, of China. The UK and the US <laughs> with additional licensed partners throughout the world. So I just, I'm just like going through their website and like looking at like who their fucking people are. And they had a page called Executive Leadership Team. And I'm scrolling down and like they try to make it look diverse, but like really it's, you know, you see who's running the show here. And I come across this name of this guy, uh, their their chief people officer, which <laughs> sounds like you work at a prison camp, but their chief people officer is named Stan Duncan. <laughs> like, have you ever come up with like a, you know, like an American psycho fucking name for a character? I, I can't think of a better name than Stan Duncan, which sounds, I, I almost guarantee like that he, he gave himself that name, like he changed his name and it's not not right. the name he was born with. So here's his bio, and you, you know that he wrote this shit himself. Stan Duncan oversees the Global People Organization. In his role, he leads all HR functions, including talent acquisition and development, diversity and inclusion, and employment practices, HR technology, and workforce planning, and strategic business partnering. Duncan is recognized as a transformational human resource leader who builds God. organizational capacity and innovates businesses. Previously, Duncan was the chief HR officer for Raymond and James Financial and held various HR leadership roles at Westfield Group, Aramac, Sterling and Eastman, and PPG, whatever the fuck that is. It's just, it's, it's paint like... Company. <laughs> A fucking paint company. That's, that's... Oh, my God. So I just, I read that and I just, I was like, this is so fucking stupid. People are so fucking full of them. It's unreal. Imagine like, and, and again, I and I actually like the HR people at my job, but I just imagine them describing themselves that way and not like, try. Like it's just, people have... People can make anything sound fucking impressive if you don't actually pay attention to what they're talking about. I, I imagine running, the, being the head of an HR department for like a major financial group. Like what, what do you, you think he actually does anything? Do you think he's oh, no, like well, they're doing payroll? <laughs> like, no, 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 of course not. Well, I'm sure he's just constantly covering up sexual harassment scandals is probably his main function, protecting the company, <sighs> shielding the company from female, uh, former employees basically is probably his primary function but uh other than that i don't know what he probably does on a day-to-day -day basis other than write yeah. fucking weird blogs like that's 
Yeah, his picture, he's wearing like a fucking blazer and his hair is all slicked back, back like fucking Pat Riley, too. So, like, he, he com- <laughs> completely fits the fucking douchebag right. um, description <laughs> that I just read for you there. Um, Unreal. So, somebody who doesn't exactly fit the description that they uh, are often saddled with um, is we have a, a clip of you wanted to close out with just a little bit of humor. Um, and I just randomly ran across this today. Um, and it's a clip of. Uh, Bill Burr reading some uh, fan mail he received from one of his right wing fans or apparently former right wing fans uh, and him reacting to it. And I'm not sure what show this was on, but uh, do you have that uh, clip? Yeah. There? Yeah. This is, uh, this is on his podcast, I believe uh, oh, which, which his... his weekly podcast. So yeah, let's play this. Uh, socialism. I bill you redheaded fuck. <laughs> I really appreciate the bluntness of that. How, how are you? Um, Last week you mentioned uh, you don't know why people demonize socialism. Um, I was really taken aback at that statement. Oh, Jesus Christ. Every country that has tried socialism has failed, and it's responsible for tens of millions of deaths. All right, so would you say capitalism is working? And it is not, uh, you know, when like, what is it, like 99% of the wealth is in like fucking 2% of the people's hands? All of these tent cities, you're telling me this is working? You don't think capitalism is responsible for tens of millions of deaths? Um, Anyway, Russia, Germany, China, Cuba, and most recently, Venezuela have tried or right now are socialist countries. Um, As far as I know, whatever Cuba was trying to do, we prevented them from doing with a fucking embargo or whatever the hell we did. We've been fucking with them for 60 years. So I think you're looking at like, you know, like what a lot of people do is you look at your own country through rose colored glasses, the same way you look at your own sports team, like, Oh, my team doesn't cheat, but your team does. It, and you know, it's just funny. Like you said, everyone always just kind of assumes Bill Burr, you know, redheaded guy from Boston with the fucking accent that he has. Obviously he's a huge racist and right winger, but you know, obviously we know from, experience that could that ain't nothing could be further from the truth and it's just such a funny weird juxtaposition because somebody like him is just not who you picture <laughs> like his, his, like his actual politics are not like what you picture when you actually look at him and you know no you actually would listen to you know watch his stand-up stuff and it's it's very you know there's a lot of thought he puts into it right uh, his bit about you know watching the the, the show about the gorilla in the zoo that you know falls in love with taking care of little kittens and then gets the gorilla gets really fucking sad when the kitten dies and he's like what the fuck do we have these things in zoos for right like they're fucking prisoners capable of complex emotions and it like he's he's telling he tells a story over the course of like 10 minutes it's a very long bit you can look it up but it, it's just like it, you, you think right wingers sit around thinking about the feelings of animals? No, God, no. That's, that's, <laughs> I mean, no, right? It, it, honestly, and right, and, and you know, anyone that's that's seen any I mean, of the they, documentaries you know, about Coco, the the they the like their, they like their would... they like their dogs, and that's literally the only animal that right wingers like is a fucking dog because they're you have this obsession with the westerns. Well, and also, but but you know, with dogs, I think a lot with with right wingers, it's a lot of the fact that they're obedient, subservient to them versus like. Oh yeah, no one else likes them except the dog, so they've uh, right. And, and, <laughs> At least and my complete, dog likes me. <laughs> right, completely obedient to them. Whereas, like, I think if if I had it, you know, and I've had a family dog, but if you had a dog or if I had a dog, we would. You know, love it 
unconditionally and it wouldn't be like oh only if it's an obedient dog it's like no if you know if we had a bad dog that was like a little shit you'd still love it because it's a fucking creature a living creature that you that you take care of and have a bond with it's not a fucking you know i mean we we have uh you know like hyperbolic euphemisms for putting down dogs <laughs> you know like right uh, how many times do you get on twitter and you look at like under the uh you know the under the the, the replies to any kind of news story about you know crime in the ghetto and it's all just like oh they're a bunch of rabid dogs like that that's what they really think you know the right. first the first thing that they'll compare black people to is dogs right, right. so you know what those they really tr- think those about trump's go-to line is like you know just calling people dogs but yeah yeah so you know uh but yeah bill burr not you know always uh, he, he's one of those people who's always surprising with his with his takes based on you know just his, the surface level stuff you'd yeah. Well, at first I always I felt like mm. he was he would just like say whatever the opposite you'd expect him to or he would just take whatever was contrary and it's like no, actually you listen to enough of his stuff he he does have a uh a defining ideology. It's just, you know, he'll he likes cut, you know, kind of pushing that edge, but um still like it, it, he which it, I appreciate. He would... He's uncouth, which I think actually is a better communication tool for the masses. And that's, you know, early on what somebody like Jimmy Dore had going for him before he completely went fucking insane, you know, it, it is just is just being able to communicate to people in a way that they speak. And that was that's such a key thing for yeah. stand ups. And then some stand ups are just fucking, you know, right wing cranks who can't actually, you know, critically think. And they they don't really go far. Like you think of somebody like Nick DiPaolo, whose whole thing was like, yeah, he was he was buddies with all those guys who were huge in stand up in the 2000s, but he's still playing you know, little fucking clubs in New York because he's a right wing prick and he's fucking racist and he can't, you know, get out of his own way when it comes to to how yeah. he views the world. So he's always going to limit himself to a really small subsection of fucking boomers who like to, you know, chuckle smugly at things that they think, but don't actually get to say out loud on a daily basis. Well, I can always tell you that, like, you know, the the comedians who say, you know, constantly, like, I don't care what anyone thinks, like, they're they're the <laughs> if you the say most. that, yeah, it's it's like if you go out of your way to offend one specific marginalized group and then spend the next hour trying to explain why you're not really against that group, you deeply care what people think about you, and you're making fucking excuses and you're lying to yourself, right. and you're probably not a comedian anymore. You're just you know trying to explain your bigotry on right. stage, and Netflix gives you money for it. Right, right. $50 million and counting. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that pretty much does it for us this week. Um, but yeah, come back next week. We're going to be reviewing House of the Dragon episodes seven and eight, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, seven and eight, uh, which, you know, again, episode seven already fucking insane. I can't even imagine what's going to happen this this coming week because uh, shit's popping off, as they say. Um, uh, follow us for our regular show. Uh soundcloud.com slash move left uh facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>